You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back, or welcome to the first episode maybe you've ever heard. What is this podcast all about? We give dating advice to men, relationship advice, sex advice, everything to help you succeed in the dating and relationship world. My name is Trip Kramer, and I have been a dating coach for 10 years. And I know that sounds like such a perfect even number, but it is literally 10 years this year. I started my company, Trip Advice, in 2011. I started this podcast in 2014 and still going strong and just always trying to help guys with everything dating. I come from a background where I have struggled with dating and relationships, meaning I was a very shy guy when I first started to enter the dating world in my 20s. At this current stage, I am 36 years old in the the creation of this episode. And when I was first getting into learning how to meet women, there was not a lot of good information out there. Podcasts were just becoming popular. In fact, I ended up getting good at dating by going out and meeting a lot of women, by pushing myself to go out and talk to women. Online dating was not very big at this point. Well, it was, but the apps were not around. This is around 2008, 2009. And I got to the point where I started to get better at meeting women because I was pushing myself to go out so much and learn from whoever I can, whatever I could find on the internet. So then I started a podcast, not this one. It was called Dudes Talking About Chicks. Shout out to anyone who actually listened to that back in the day. It was only around for about 40 episodes compared to this one where it has been about 500 and, oh, I don't know. Let's see here. Five. This is 559, it looks like. Yeah, crazy. 559. And so I started a podcast called Dudes Talking About Chicks, where I was trying to help guys with dating with a co-host of mine, Kyle Sherman. And that is when I decided to actually start TripAdvice. So the podcast started around 2009, but I officially started TripAdvice in 2011. And you might be wondering, Trip, why are you giving all this information? I maybe already know that because, you know, people have been listening for a while, but there's a lot of people who have not listened. So you probably should hear a little bit of the credentials of who I am and, and what I'm all about. So even though today's episode is not necessarily about dating, I wanted to do an episode that still will help tangentially with dating. And so this episode is about turning a bad day into a good day with one of the cheesy, cliche, but extremely effective ways of being able to make yourself a little bit happier. So that's what I wanted to talk about today, because I know that people are trying to go out there and meet women, and it can be a struggle. I know that some guys are trying to work on personal development, because a lot of guys who are working on meeting women are also working on personal development, are also having days that are a struggle. I myself have days that are a struggle. I definitely, you know, I don't go through life where every day is amazing. I think that maybe we think that of our mentors, the people we hear who who have podcasts or YouTube channels or businesses or whatever. But no, not every day is equal. I would say I have more good days than bad days. That's for sure. But every once in a while, it sneaks in. And then you have those, those micro moments where it's not like a bad day, but it's like a bad moment or it's a bad hour. Maybe it's a bad afternoon, something like that. And so I had a micro moment, right? A moment today where I was I was kind of like in a little bit of a of a mood or, you know, thinking about something negative, like my head went negative. And I don't do this too often, but I'm trying to do this a lot more and just I had to share it with you today because it was so helpful. So I had this moment today where I was at the gym and 
I've been going to the gym consistently for the past couple of years. Uh, if any of you have seen me on my YouTube channel, I used to be a very, very skinny guy and I've gained healthy weight over the years, you know, in my late 20s, early 30s. Since then, it's about six years since then, I've gained a healthy 30 pounds, added some more muscle, some more meat to my body because I was, uh, I didn't have any issues with eating before. I was just had a very fast metabolism and I didn't eat breakfast. I just stuck to lunch and dinners and ate a little bit too healthy. And I wasn't really working out as much. So that had me at a, at a low weight, but working out, eating more, uh, eating more properly, it did give me some healthy weight. And so anyways, I've been working on this for a long time and going to the gym on and off. And, and just about six weeks ago at this point, maybe it was five weeks ago, I went to the gym and I noticed that when I was doing the pull exercises, so if you know any of the pull exercises, this could be something like a pull up. This could be something like rows where you're taking something heavy and you're pulling it towards you. So I noticed something in my arm and there was like this weird kind of burning sensation in my arm and not the normal burning where, you know, you're building up that lactic acid and you're on your last set. I mean, in the first few reps, I had this kind of small place in my arm where it was like burning and I could feel almost like my nerve was feeling very strange and it felt very uncomfortable. And so I was like, okay, well, let me just try another couple of pull exercises. And I noticed I was feeling the same thing. It felt very strange in there and it was it was hindering my progress and being able to get even past like the third or fourth rep. It was hurting a lot in my right arm. And I'm like, okay, well, let's at least try some other exercises to see if it, it affects it there. You know, some push exercises or some squats, things like that, that wouldn't directly affect my arm. And yet I would still feel it a little bit because you are using a lot of your muscles in all the different exercises. And it really pissed me off. I was, I was very upset. Um, but that's not the moment I was talking about. Basically, I'm talking about today, the moment where it's been five weeks since I've had that issue. And by the way, I, I did figure out what I think was the issue because it is healing, just healed so slow. Uh, but I did realize what the issue probably was. It was probably when I, I went to the doctor for my annual checkup and, you know, you get your blood taken to check your levels and, and all the different vitamin levels and everything going on in your body and your blood cell count and all that stuff. And when I got my blood taken, and pardon me for anyone who's squeamish right now, but uh, when I got my blood taken, it, it hurt more than usual. Like, you know, whenever I get my blood taken, it's like a small pinch and then they take the blood and it's over. But this one, like she poked it in such a weird spot that it really hurt. And only a week later did I realize that I, I connected the two. I connected the dots. I realized, okay, she probably hit a nerve and that's what's causing that weird sensation when I'm working out. Point being, it's now about five, six weeks later and I was doing my pull exercise, my rows, where you sit on a bench and you grab the cables and you pull it towards you. And I noticed that I still have that feeling, although so much more minimally, like it's healed like 95%. And in that moment, I still got really upset. I go, man, I can't believe this has taken five or six weeks. And I had to take off some time from working out, which I didn't like because I was really in the zone. And I was just really angry in that moment of like, God, it's still healing. Like, can you believe it? It's still healing. And then I thought, okay, let me go to that really cheesy cliche tip that everyone and their mother gives for happiness. And let me just try it. So what's that tip? Gratitude. Maybe you've heard it before. And they say, you know, whenever you're depressed, upset, sad, and they even say, even when you're not feeling that way, like wake up every morning, have a journal and write down five things that you're grateful for. I do not do that personally. Maybe I should, but, uh, you know, there are these moments where I do remember, okay, let's think about gratitude. Again, cheesy, cliche. I even hate giving, I cringe at giving the advice, but 
I remember, you know, there's reasons why that advice is given out so often, probably because it works. So in that moment, I go, okay, all right, Trip, you're, you're a little upset right now. You're a little pissed off. Just think of one thing you could be grateful for. And then I thought, okay, what am I grateful for? Well, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm in a really amazing gym. So I work out at Equinox. No, this is not an ad, by the way. Um, I actually, I, I've worked out at Equinox only for the past couple of months and, and uh, it's a fantastic gym. It really is. And it's one of the best gyms in my city. And the reason why I wanted to get one of the best gyms in the city is because I wanted to get something where I feel encouraged to go, right? If you, and I've, I've had different types of gyms and you go to a crappy gym, sometimes you're like, ah, don't like the vibe in there or, you know, the lighting is weird or it's kind of dirty or they don't, you know, take care of the place. Like if you go to those cheap $15 per month gyms, it's just a different vibe. And so for me, I felt like, and by the way, I was right. If I joined a really nice gym, it would encourage me to go. And, and, and by God, it has. So I've been going consistently, except for what happened to my arm where I had to take a break. And anyways, in this moment, I'm thinking, wow, isn't it amazing that I get to be in this amazing gym? Isn't that awesome that I get to work out here in this really nice place with this really nice vibe that I really like? Like, isn't that cool? And instantly, literally instantly, me being upset, that little micro moment of still having that little twinge in my, in my forearm, it just went away. It just went away. And, it's, and I was thinking of this moment, I was thinking of you guys, because whenever I have a, a lesson or something that hits me, I always like to share it with you guys. And so in that moment, I thought, wow, I really just changed my entire perspective and my entire reality. It's like in that moment, I shifted realities. And then I remembered, God, that's why that whole cheesy tip of gratitude, you know, being gratitude, being gratitude, what are you grateful for? I remembered why that's so powerful because you can actually shift your reality in just a second, just like that. And for the rest of my workout, I never thought about it again. Did I feel it in my arm? Yes, but it didn't bother me even as close to as much. And then of course I was grateful for a few things. Hey, it's healing. Isn't that pretty cool that at one point, I didn't know what was going to happen with it and I didn't know what was going on and and then I figured it out and now look where we are it, it's it's healing and at least we're at that point so I know it's going to be better so it's like I had to almost have this conversation with myself like the different sides of myself like the devil and angel on your shoulder of remembering wait a second this can be more awesome than you think it is anyway I wanted to share that with you and I wonder whether there's moments in your life where you're having a bad moment a bad hour, bad afternoon, maybe a bad night, maybe the whole day was bad, maybe it's a bad week, hell, maybe it's a really bad month, maybe even, and I've had these before too, maybe it's a bad year. Where inside of these moments can you just find a little bit of gratitude? Of course, you can do that exercise. I'm not necessarily recommending it. I don't love recommending things that I haven't tried myself. I don't do the wake up every morning and think about five things that you're grateful for. Maybe I should start doing that. I don't feel like I need it. So that's why I don't do it because I'm not having consistent bad days. But I will remember this moment today and how much it really shaped everything. That even though there is something that you're not feeling good about in the moment, in the day, in the week, in the month, in the year, is there something that you can think about that can kind of snap you out of it and give you something to think about that is good in your life? And I bet you every single person who's listening right now has something to be grateful for. How about the fact that you even have the ability to, to listen to this podcast because you have hearing, because you have an iPhone or an Android or whatever. You have really good headphones that you're listening to it through. 
So you obviously have something good going for you just at a base level that you're able to have the technology capable of listening to this podcast and thousands of others that can help you. So I know for sure that's one thing that you can be grateful for, 100% of every single person listening to my words right now. You have at least that. And I know for sure you have more than that. So I ask you when you're having a bad moment, let's bring this back to dating for a second. Let's say you go on a date and it just didn't go well. Maybe you really liked her and she didn't like you back. Is there anything you can be grateful for in that moment? I know a few things. Uh, Maybe I'm reaching here, but I know a few things. How about maybe the fact that you even have the ability to go on a date, that a woman was at least interested in you enough to go on a date with you? How it Let's go back to technology, that you had the technology to even get to the point where you're on the date because maybe you met her on an app or maybe you have a phone that allowed you to get her number when you met her wherever you met her. Or maybe you guys went out to get a really good drink. Do you ever think about that? Like really get into the nitty gritty of what we can be grateful for. The fact that you went out to get a drink with this girl and you had a really delicious beer or a cocktail or maybe a good meal or a good snack. And that's pretty cool that you got to experience that. And that's pretty nice. And that's just like a nice moment, even if she didn't like you back. Or maybe, and this is the big one, and this is the big one that most people don't think about. And I really want you to think about this one because people are more outcome dependent. They think about the outcome. Oh, she doesn't like me. Oh, yes, she does like me. Oh, we kissed. We didn't kiss. We had sex. We didn't have sex. Oh, she texted me back. Yada, yada, yada. All the different outcomes. Instead, what about thinking about every time you meet a girl or every time you approach a girl? Or every time you have an interaction with a girl, you have a moment, an interaction, an experience that you can learn from. That is the biggest factor of them all. You learn, okay, what could I have done better next time? Or maybe you did really well and you get a second date. You go, something went well there. What happened? What was she attracted to? What did she like? Maybe you have a learning lesson of something that went really good that you go, okay, I can repeat that. I can I can continue to do that, right? Kind of looking at dating and relationships a little bit more systematically, but that is one way to get better at anything that you're trying to get better at. And in this podcast, that's what we teach you to do. In my coaching, that's what we teach you to do, break it down to a system and look at this in a way where you can say, oh, wait a second, wait a minute. Okay, there is something I can learn from this. And then stepping outside of that and being grateful for the fact that you actually have an opportunity to learn something because when you have the opportunity to learn something, what happens? You grow, you get better. And then eventually down the line, you do end up getting the results, so to speak, that you're looking for. I don't know about you, but that's something to be grateful for. That's pretty cool. All right. What I want to do now is go into some Q&A answering questions for people who have written in to my email for getting answers here on the podcast. You can do the same. You email me trip at tripadvice.com. Trip is with two P's. Email me, put in the subject line podcast question so I'll know it's for the podcast and I will answer it here on the podcast. And the good news is, is I'm really keeping up with this Q&A. So my goal is is that you can write in and get an answer within hopefully a couple weeks at the worst. Um, So I'm really keeping up with these and making sure that I answer them. You can also call in to the How to Talk to Girls hotline. Yes, that's right. There is a hotline you can call into. It's a voicemail. So you'll leave a voicemail and I can hear you on the podcast. You can actually leave a voicemail. I'll put it here on the podcast and we'll listen to it and I'll answer your question if you don't feel like typing it out. You can call 323-432-0025. Again, that's 323-432-0025. Call in. It's completely free. 
just a regular number. You'll leave a voicemail and I'll answer your question here on the podcast. So two different ways where you can get your questions answered. Of course, if the podcast is not enough to get your questions answered and you wanted to get more help, I do offer coaching where you and I can work together one-on-one or in my mastermind that I have going on where it's you and a couple other guys and we're doing coaching, which helps you get to the point where you are meeting more women, talking to more women, learning how to flirt, learning how to have more options, or maybe you just need higher quality women. I have a lot of guys that reach out to me that say, hey, Trip, I'm getting plenty of dates, but it's not with the women that I want. We help you up your quality, and we get that through talking to women online as well as in person. So I help you with your online dating profile. It's crazy how well my system has worked for guys. I'm talking upgrading your profile to the point where you are upgrading the matches that you get and the women who are interested in you And yes, they will be texting you. I kid you not, you will have women texting you to set up a date. This is not a gimmick. It is for real. My system does that. And of course, building confidence to have awesome dates and building confidence when you're going out and talking to women if you do have approach anxiety. Go to coachedbytrip.com. There's a link in the show notes or you can just type it in, coachedbytrip.com into your phone into Safari, into Google Chrome, wherever you go on the internet, go there and you can apply today to work with me. The application takes about 10 minutes at the most, fill it out and I will reach out to you by text message. And then you and I can hop on a call and see if coaching is a good fit. Coachedbytrip.com to get coaching today and get these problems handled. All right, why don't we handle some problems right now? Let's go into Q&A. Question from Anonymous. He says, Hey, Trip, love your podcast. It helped me get over approach anxiety after a long time having it. That's awesome. Which leads to my question. He says, A few days ago, I approached a waitress after I knew, based on information from a friend who works there, that she was interested in me. But as soon as she found out that I'm younger than her, I'm 22 and she's 24, she turned me down. It's not the first time that it happened. And I know women my age usually don't date younger men. So I wonder if there's a way to make me being younger than her less of a problem. Thank you for the help. This is a great question, a very unique one at that. How do you get a woman who's older than you? Well, I don't have a lot of things that you could do to change her mind on what kind of guy she dates per se, but I can at least tell you, if you're bringing up age, maybe that's something you shouldn't be doing. And I have a hunch, and this is possibly true here, that you're maybe bringing up the age in a way of, a confession. Don't ever bring up your age as a confession. Like, Hey, I should let you know I am 22. Don't ever confess to a girl something that you feel could be something that she could be unattracted to. Like I tell guys who have kids, don't confess that you have kids. You'd be excited about it. In this case for you, I wouldn't be excited that you're younger than her, but I would just not mention the fact that you're younger than her and not make it any kind of problem in the conversation. Don't get defensive on it, right? If she says that, oh, you're too young for me, you could say, we should go out anyway. We're going to have a great time. Just don't put any emphasis on it whatsoever. Don't defend yourself whatsoever. Don't bring it up right away. Give her a chance to become attracted to you. That's the whole thing too is, is women, they will backwards rationalize why they should be with you if you are able to trigger attraction and use my TED formula, attention, entertainment, and dominance. If you're using that, then she's not going to care 
too much about how much younger that you are. I know I said a second ago, which is true. Sometimes a woman is just going to be like, nope, I will definitely 100% not date anyone younger than me. And she's going to be asking you right away. And there's just nothing you can do about it. That's it. All you can do is try to plow through the conversation as much as you can and show her that you're the confident, charismatic, awesome guy that you are to hopefully get to the point where she starts to backward rationalize that she doesn't care anymore, that you have kids, that you are younger, that you are shorter than her, that you have hair or don't have hair, or that you are from this state, or that you are a specific ethnicity, or whatever thing that she might be looking or not looking for, right? So we want to get her head completely out of that and focus on you having the personality and you saying the right things to her that are going to make her interested in you. And that's all, again, surrounded by the TED formula. By the way, I teach that in my coaching, and I go deeper into that into my Hooked program, which is a video course. You can check that out, getherhooked.com, or I also talk about that more in detail in other podcast episodes, right? Tension, entertainment, dominance. Tension, building tension with really good eye contact, downward tonality, entertainment, entertaining yourself and having fun in the conversation. And that is a big part of not being defensive, right? Again, if you're being defensive in a conversation, you're probably not having fun, are you? And then dominance leading the interaction, trying to get her number anyways. Of course, there is, you know, not a, this doesn't work 100% of the time. You still might get turned down. And you might be at the time where, yeah, you're at that age, you are 22. And I remember being 22 also. It, it just, it is a struggle at that point. You might have to struggle through this for just a couple more years. And hey, man, you're 22. Date a 22-year-old. If you're finding that it's so hard to meet women that are 23 or 24, and it's just that difficult that you're, you're running into that many women who are so just like, no, I will not date someone younger, then go for women that you're your age or younger. You're 22. Of course, not younger than 18, obviously, but you know, go for women around your age. That's a great age to be dating. Also, my hunch, here's another thing with this with this question, is that you might be potentially, you might be potentially not talking to enough women. You know, so my hunch here is that if you're only talking to a few women, your data sample is really low. So that means that you're talking to, you know, only a few women a month, maybe. And so you're not talking to enough women, then yeah, maybe most of those women are going to be older than you. And so because it's such a small sample size, most of them will reject you. But I bet you if you approached 100 women in a month, all of them being over 24, you're telling me all those girls would turn you down? No, not a chance. There are some women out there who really don't care. And there's also some women out there who will date someone who is younger, especially if you even go older. Sometimes when you're in your 22, 23 age range and you meet someone who's 27, 28, 29, even 30, they kind of like that. Like there's almost like a fetish around that. They're like, ooh, I'm with someone who's younger. Meaning, yes, the girl is saying, ooh, I'm with someone who's younger. So I, I just bet that you're not talking to enough women. Take all that, use all that, see what it does for you. Anonymous, thanks for writing in. All right, let's go to the next question. From Brian, he says, Hi, Trip. You may have covered this before, but I think you cover first responses mainly. I was on my motorcycle and stopped at a stoplight. The girl pulls up and changes her shirt. I say, Quick change. She says, I didn't mean to change in front of you. I said, That's okay. The light turns green and she goes. I realize she did mean to change in front of me because she knew I was there. Obviously, I'm on my motorcycle and could say anything. I could imagine myself pulling up next to her and saying, I could accidentally give you my number. But what about these second chances? Does this go against your, if she's highly interested in you tip or is she playing schoolyard chase? Thanks for the great content. Okay, um, 
just slightly confused. I don't know where the second chance would come from this. Unless I'm just a little slow today. Uh, the light turns green and she goes, okay. But I think you're saying, you know, you pull up next to her again and you, you try again. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I mean by trying again or doing the schoolyard chase thing is once you get an actual rejection, you're done. Okay. So I don't see an actual rejection here. So you should absolutely at least try the first time to get her number. You didn't do that, right? You didn't even try that. Like nothing happened. You had some silly conversation and that just led to nothing, but you didn't really try to go for her number, right? You said, I can imagine myself pulling up next to her and saying, I could accidentally give you my number. That wouldn't be trying for a second time. That would be the first time that you tried. What I want you guys to understand is I don't want you to be chasing women who have already rejected you, okay? Now, listen, you know, in this weird circumstance that maybe you end up seeing her again sometime because it's a girl in class or college or a sorority or something like that, and those moments happen where you run into the person again. Yeah, okay, try again. You know, I don't know, fate, you know, you guys happen to be in the same place again. But, but honestly, after the first rejection, just move on. And again, Brian, you did not get that here. So I wouldn't have even said that you tried. You didn't even give it the first chance. So that's my thoughts here. It's just interesting too, because I give this advice sometimes and, and I hear from some women and you hear stories like, well, you hear like stories of like from your grandparents. He, you know, the, your grandma's like, he, you know, asked me out every day for a month and I finally said yes and I didn't even like him. And now look, we're married and we had kids and then they had you. And, and if that didn't happen, you wouldn't be here today. Well, I think that those stories are exceptions. And I think that, you know, uh, that doesn't happen too often. And I also think that maybe potentially it would have been better if you didn't try to chase someone and you did have someone that was highly interested in you from the beginning, just playing some devil's advocate here. Like maybe that would have been better. Maybe that would have been a better situation. Maybe you would have been a better relationship if you didn't chase that one person. You know, I think that's a lot of romance mumbo jumbo that you kind of see in the movies. And once in a while you hear that story from your grandparents or someone else, but that's not what I believe to be real life. Yeah, that's my thoughts. Let's move on. Let's do one more question. And guys, don't forget, if you want your question answered, email me, trip at tripadvice.com, and I will answer them here on the podcast. Hey, Trip, my name is Tommy. I'm 27 and live in Idaho. I'm not sure how to go about this situation with a girl because I'm not sure if she's ghosting, not interested anymore, or what. We met at a bar. We've been on one date and it went well. Conversations were good. She never pulled out her phone and she seemed like she was having a good time. But I'm having a hard time setting up the second date. I'm doing my best to not text her all the time. I try to make it sound interesting, then ask her if she wants to go out again, and it seems like she's blowing me off. I don't know if I should be blunt with her or ignore her and move on. Here's the kicker. She's planning on moving out of the country as soon as she can, so I take it she's not looking for anything serious, which is fine. I'm curious on your thoughts. Thank you. Well, I think we have an answer here, Tommy. It sounds like she's either A, not interested after the first date, even though it seemed to go well, that doesn't always necessarily mean that it did. B, she's ignoring you and not giving you a good answer because she's moving out of the country, which of course, that's probably hindering her from trying to take anything more serious or see all of the above. She's not interested and she's moving out of the country. So 
I wanted to give you kind of my thoughts on that, but I do have something that you could text a girl, and I give this to my coaching clients all the time. It's just a little line that you can text her when you're having trouble setting up the date, specifically when they're responsive to you, but you're not able to get the date set, okay? So again, if you're in a situation where she's responsive over text, but every time you try to set up the date, she's not really going for it, here's what you can say. And by the way, just understand that if she's not trying to help here and getting this date set up or she's not giving you a time to meet up, most likely nine times, 9.9 times out of 10, she's not interested. So you could just drop it if you want, or you can send this text message. The text message goes as follows. You just say this word for word. You say, hey, are you still interested in meeting up again? So you're basically putting her on the spot saying, are you even interested? I know people might think like, oh, that seems really needy. It's not needy. It's not needy. You're just getting the answer. It's like, it's time to move on. Of course, you don't even have to send that. You can just completely drop her. If she's not making any effort and you are to meet up again, then it's probably done. But if you want to just put her on the spot, you can. Again, most of the time you're going to send this, you're just going to get a, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just not interested. And then you can end it and you can have a little bit more uh, peace in your brain for the situation and just have a nice closing to it. But once in a while, once in a while, the woman will say, no, 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 yes, I am still interested. It's just been really crazy. And then you ask again for when she's free and then it actually does seal the date. So sometimes that text message works. So you don't have to go with this back and forth, back and forth. I do also want to add, you said here, I'm doing my best to not text her all the time. That to me sounds like you're still failing, okay? So if you're saying I'm doing my best to not text her all the time, it sounds like you're still texting her once in a while. And that sounds to me like you're texting her in ways to not ask her to meet up. And you know, one of the biggest rules over here at TripAdvice is we don't sit there and text all day. We only use texting to get her to meet up. So I just, I don't know exactly what you're doing, but by that sentence, it sounds like you're still trying to like, you know, have some conversation. Like you say in the next sentence, you say, and I quote, I try to make it sound interesting, then ask her if she wants to go out again. You don't need to do that. You don't need to build attraction over text because it doesn't work. It has a very, 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 very low effect on getting her interest in you, okay? Now, if she already likes you, some text messages can get her to kind of like you more, but if she doesn't really like you, there's not a text message that you can send that's gonna get her to change her mind on that. So don't try to make text messages sound interesting. Just ask for a date because she knows if she's interested in you or not and you'll get the date. She's not looking for more attraction building over text to then say yes to it, okay? So again, you say here, it seems like she's blowing me off. She probably is. My advice, send that text that I said, you know, hey, are you still interested in meeting up sometime? She'll probably say no. If she does, you move on. Lesson learned. Hope this episode has helped you out today. We went over a lot. We went over how to turn a bad day into a good day and answered some questions that I think will help you guys out on your journey. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you need more help and you feel that you want to take this to the next level and you want someone to help you through it, coaching is available. Go to coachedbytrip.com to apply today, or you can get my video course called Hooked at getherhooked.com. Hope this has been good stuff. If it is, you should be taking notes because sometimes we forget, we listen to podcasts, and then when our day goes on, we end up doing more things, and then it just kind of completely goes in one ear and out the other. So don't forget, if something hits you, take a note, write it on your phone, and come back to it. All right, talk to you soon. Have a good one. Goodbye.